Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Andersonville Chamber of Commerce hosts Andersonville at Home for the Holidays, a virtual variety show streaming online this Sunday, December 13th at 7 p.m. Tune in for the holiday tunes, warm feels, and shop, dine, celebrate, and self-care from the small business community that needs your support. The program premieres on both the Chamber's Facebook and YouTube with live commenting during the show. For more information, go to andersonville.org. Springfield politicians, they promise they won't tax retirement income if their constitutional amendment passes. Phyllis, that was like a month ago. Come on. (laughs) Phyllis misses the limelight, D. She's like, I love the limelight. Uh, If you need me for any more commercials, let me know. Hmm. <laughs> what, what commercials could Phyllis be like? Tax breaks for rich people. They need the money. Live stream chat. What's going on, Kathy? No, I wasn't in the porta potty. We're just running a little behind today. Our, our apologies. Our apologies. Uh, your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, December eleventh, is just moments away. I'm going nowhere near that porta potty. It's like Jay Marie brought it up, and it's so true. That thing's been there for like eight months. What the hell's Come going on? on? Let me look. Yep, still there. <laughs> Disgusting. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, December 11th is moments away. But before we do that, we need to thank our sponsors, the Chicago Reader. Check out the ChicagoReader.com for all things the city of Chicago. What to do even during a pandemic, where to go, yes, even during a pandemic, and so much more. ChicagoReader.com. Subscribe to the Chicago Reader. And by subscribing... You're showing support for the Ben Jarofsky Show, so go do that. And, of course, today's Ben Jarofsky Show is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. All right, Ben, you do have a song of the day. Um, Host choice. Do you have two songs of the day options here, all right? Okay. All right, our first comes from Frank, and it's My Generation by The Who, or I Want to Hold Your Hand. The request comes from Kathy. All right, you know what? It's going to be like... You play the A side, you flip it over, you get the B side. I'm going to play them both. Oh, okay. So, well, let's just be clear. For Bindra, that's like uh, the Y and Z side because it's not actually the, great singing. It wouldn't, it wouldn't even be the A and the B side technically because they're two different groups and they were never on the same 45. But let's just pretend it is, okay? So we're starting off with the who? Talking about my generation, my generation. Wow, wow, wow. That's Pete Townsend. Okay. And then what was it, the Beatles song? I want to hold your hand. Yes. Uh, I want to hold your hand. Now, here comes Ringo on drums. Not a good pandemic song, that Beatles song. (laughs) No, that's a post-vaccine song to sing. The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. It is Friday, December 11th, and live from my apartment... And his attic, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, it's another Ramana Rundown with Chicago Sun-Times editor, Ramana Hussein. And now your host, Chicago Raider columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarowski here. We're calling this Ben's Right for Once Friday, and here's why. You know why we're calling it that, D? Because I was right for once. That's why we're calling it that. All right, explanation. So I'm sitting in my backyard, early November. My old friend from high school, Josh, and his lovely wife, Deborah, are in town visiting. We're social distancing, of course. Masks on. Josh is the distinguished barrister, graduates from one of the finest universities known to man, an expert on fine wine. Well, actually, I made the part up about the fine wine, but everything else is true. But when we get together, folks, 
It's like we're back in high school and it's 1973 and we're the two of the biggest nerds you ever saw. We sound like the guy, what is in the middle house? Bird. Bird. Anyway, uh, so typical nerd talk, typical Ben and Josh talk in the backyard, circa 2020. He says, Hey, Ben, who do you think is going to be Time Magazine's person of the year? To which I say, well, it was Joe Biden, of course, <laughs> because he won the presidential election. And they always name the presidential, uh, the person who won the presidential election, person of the year. And that brought on a spirited and highly intellectual exchange that went a little like this. Josh, no, they don't. Me, yes, they do. Josh, no, me, yes. And then Josh's wife, oh, my God, you guys are such geeks. So anyway, right there and then, Josh pulled out his phone and looked it up, and damn it, I was wrong. Time doesn't always name the incoming president man or person of the year. For instance, okay, in 1932, they did it with FDR. But in 1948, they did it with Harry Truman. But in 1952, ladies and gentlemen, it wasn't Dwight Eisenhower. It was Queen Elizabeth a designation I'm still outraged over. And in perhaps their biggest oversight of all time, in 1960, it wasn't John Fitzgerald Kennedy. No, they gave it to U.S. scientists, like a whole bunch of U.S. scientists. Really? That's your guy time? Give me a break. It's the 60s, JFK. You know, I bet they want to take that back. I'll bet you if they could, they would like go back into the Internet and just change it and hope no one would notice. Just put JFK in there and take out the U.S. scientists. In 64, it was LBJ. But in 68, it wasn't Richard Nixon. It was the Apollo 8 astronauts. An oversight so great, they felt compelled to give Nixon the designation in back-to-back years. 1971 and 1972, he's the only person to win it back-to-back. But they didn't give it to him in 1974 when he stepped down. I could make the argument that Nixon was more worthy of person of the year for quitting than he was in 1971 when he was basically staying up late, getting drunk, and ordering planes to bomb Cambodia. Anyway, the point is, at that particular time, Josh was right and I was wrong. But I said, I don't care if they've broken from this tradition and from time to time, I still think Joe Biden is going to be person of the year. And this morning, I got an email from my good friend Josh saying the words I love to hear. You were right. The designation went to Biden and Kamala Harris. So congratulations, Joey B and Vice President Kamala. And congratulations me, because once I was right, for once. Although now that I think about it, I believe that the actual award should have gone the black voters of America, because let's face it, ladies and gentlemen, it was the black voters of America who determined who our next president would be. Think about it. First of all, in the Democratic primary, it was black voters who basically selected Biden over my beloved Bernie Sanders. Once again, I lost. Uh, And then in November, black voters put Biden over the top in Wisconsin. Thank you, Milwaukee, Michigan. Thank you, Detroit, Pennsylvania. Thank you, Philly and Georgia. Thank you, Atlanta, which is why the Republicans are essentially asking the Supreme Court to vacate all the black votes in these cities. A maneuver so breathtakingly and blatantly racist, I still can't believe they're attempting it. And yet 18 Republican attorney generals have signed onto it, and I am still not 100% sure that the MAGA justices on the court, Clarence Thomas, Sam Alito, and Brett Kavanaugh, won't side with them because they hate the MAGA justices. They hate Democrats with such a passion that they would willingly take away the voting rights of black people in this country to guarantee that Joe Biden doesn't win. So let me pause to take my own personal victory lap. But then it's back to work, because as you can see by that lawsuit and all those attorney generals who've signed on to it, MAGA controls the Republican Party and Trump controls MAGA. 
So this election's not over, no matter who time names as person of the year. We got a great show today, everybody. Ramana Hussein will be here from the Chicago Sun-Times. Yes, it's already Friday. I cannot believe it's already Friday. The week went by so fast. The week, the week went by as fast as that brown line train and that rips and roars past my window every 10 minutes or so, driven by Rahm Emanuel or Tom Tunney. Fast-moving week. But we still have time to catch all the news of the day. We're going to slow up to catch the news of the day with the young man from Alma, the man that Rom, Tom Tunney, and my dear friend Josh called Dr. D. Never met any of them. How's it going, everybody? I'm Dennis. <laughs> hey, Ben, man, is your, is your heater on, by the way? Yeah, I'll turn it off. Hold on. Kick that Hold sucker on. off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right. All right. Great, great. How's it going, everybody? Live stream chat. What's happening? Kathy, uh, I almost called Brianna Phyllis because she just put Phyllis on the live See, stream Dennis, chat. What? We want the finest quality of sound for our podcast that yes. you can possibly get. Yes. You know, because I'm in this studio, this beautiful studio with like <laughs> all the soundproofing equipment I have here. You know, hey, brown line goes by. I'll put up the little sound. <laughs> Remember our beloved little studio, Sean? Uh, the, like, don't the remind me. The good old days. We got the soundproofing, guys. Back when I had to wear pants to do my job. <laughs> In the summer, you were known to wear break out the shorts from time to time. Yeah, even that. Yeah, yeah. In the summer, my hottest days of the summer, Dennis would show up in shorts go, don't tell anyone I did this. <laughs> No, okay. there was a time where I felt like I was uh, upsetting the Chicago Sun-Times people because I was wearing shorts. Like, Who's this guy <laughs> yeah, think he is coming in here just wearing shorts? <laughs> oh, the, do we ever get invited to any of the parties? Just, I'm just wondering. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hating on I'm just like, remember every now and then there would be a party? And we'd be here like, hey, with the Bears party. Remember that one? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Uh-huh. No, never any, parties. never any parties. Never any parties. invited to the party. <laughs> Uh, guys, could you not come to the parties? We'll invite, let you into the building, but don't come to the party. Okay, we won't come to the party. Because first of all, you guys look like schlubs. Yeah. Oh, hey guys, what? it's our it's our one hundredth episode. Isn't that cool? Uh, yeah. Uh, janitor, can you please uh, clean that? No, I'm Dennis. I work here. For the show. <laughs> no, there was like some good people at the bright one, man. Uh, Bandana Bob. My God. Hell yeah. Okay. Bandana Bob was cool. I hope we <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh before we, we find well. before we find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois for the fourth and final time this week, we need to talk about this weekend's Benny J bonus interviews. Ooh. Yes, every Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, while we're away, a brand new interview for you to play. Let's run Whoa. through. I've done that like four or five, maybe six <laughs> times on the show now. Whoa! I mean, <laughs> it's just like every time I hear it, it's like the first time. It's like, you know, it's like walking in a spring day and it's that gorgeous day. It's like the first day of your life. And that's just what it is, D. You know, whenever you say that, man. Here's this weekend's lineup. Oh, brown line. <laughs> hey, Tom, what's going on? Don't get the cinnamon rolls on the oh, steering wheel. We are off to an interesting start today. All right, here's this weekend's lineup. On Saturday, available by 5 a.m., Ben mm -hmm. talked the election game plan moving forward under a President Joe Biden and more with professor and author of It's Time to Fight Dirty, and the kids are all left, David Ferris. Ben, tell people about your interview with David. This is awesome. Two geeks going crazy, talking politics. David Ferris, dear friend of the show. Uh, and, you know, the last time he was on the show, I, we began the interview. I was reminiscing. I was going, David, you know, the last time we were on the show was election night. And you were pretty down in the dumps. Because at that time, when he came on, and <laughs> Biden, uh, we thought Biden was going to win Florida. And Trump won Florida, had just won Florida. And it, suddenly we knew that the election was far from over. Ultimately, uh, Biden prevailed, unless, of course, uh, Clarence Thomas, Sam Alito uh, and uh, Kavanaugh can convince two other uh, justices to sign on to that wacko scheme by the Republicans. But ultimately, uh, Biden prevailed. But at that moment, it looked as though 
all of David Ferris's positive predictions uh, were going to come. <laughs> we're going to go off the rails. And so uh, we took a deep dive. We talked about polling. What was the matter with the polls? We t- spent a lot of time talking about what's going on in Georgia. We talk a lot about, about Democratic messaging, bizarre attitude that Democrats have where they run away from the values that most Democrats hold. So worried about how they're going to be perceived by middle America, that that battle within the Democratic Party we've been talking so much about. A fascinating conversation uh, with David Ferris, and he's feeling a little better. And then we make predictions about Georgia. Yeah. And I say, take your money to Vegas, folks. This stuff's as good as gold. So a fascinating deep dive about uh, national politics with uh, Roosevelt University political science professor David Ferris. And even though his prediction that the Democrats would take the Senate uh, with 53 senators did not come true, I think he's still one of the most knowledgeable um, political scientists I know. D, let's face it. He, we had to come face to face with the fact that uh, the polls, polling, um, well, there's some big flaws. We talk about this, big flaws uh, in modern day polling. And I don't know if we're ever going to figure it out uh, in this uh, day of cell phones. So anyway, fascinating conversation, my humble opinion about national politics with the great David Ferris. All right. That'll be Saturday, available by 5 a.m. Tomorrow, David Ferris. Uh, on to our Sunday interview, and this was a good one. The Northwest Side political know-it-alls and hosts of a couple of guys talking. David Feller and state rep of the 40th District, my state rep, in fact, Jamie Andrade were kind enough to let us record an interview with them. And, uh, Ben, we kind of got a glimpse of a game plan for one Michael Joseph Madigan from Mr. uh, Mr. Andrade, did we not? Yes, we did. And as I said, uh, when I called uh, uh, Jamie up to book the interview, I go, now look, Jamie, no ducking and dodging. No skating around. I'm going to ask you the Michael Joseph Madigan question, and you're going to have to handle it. He goes, Ben, I'm ready. Bring it. I'm ready. Which was refreshing. And, uh, you know, Jamie is a uh, Madigan loyalist. Jamie comes from the Democratic machine. Got to start with Richard Mell. Uh, so, you know, I like to bring on people with a little different got I got in trouble with some of my lefty friends. Dan, I didn't tell you this. My lefty friends will remain uh, unnamed because I love them dearly. But they were a little upset with me for bringing Raylo on. I'm like, what? What? What am I supposed to like kick out all centrist Democrats? I mean, we're supposedly in the same party. No, kick them out. Yeah, and, and then dude, my, he gives a great interview. Oh, in the business of what we do, he is a good interview. So, I mean, yeah. No, sorry, Raylo's, not sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally not sorry about Raylo. But, uh, but in, and then the other hand, the centrists, oh, you have too many lefties. Samina Mustafa, Stacey Davis Gates, too many lefties. I am a lefty. What do you expect? Uh, but uh, anyway, so uh, Jamie, he gave a he, yes. He gave a defense of Michael Madigan that is simple. It was like it was like reading from the script, so to speak. Or maybe he wrote the script because all I know is I've been hearing this same refrain uh, ever since, and it's like an attempt to isolate the folks who uh, are against Madigan uh, as privileged white people. Interesting take on things. Little spin on there uh, from Jamie Andrade, uh, Dave Feller. Dave Feller, of course, a political uh, operative strategist from the Northwest Side, 38th Ward. I was on his show uh, last week with Rob Martwick, uh, Dave Feller's show. So anyway, um, really fascinating, uh, more local or at least more. So David Ferris's national uh, conversation and Jamie Andrade, uh, Dave Feller's more Illinois and Chicago political talk. So that'll be on Sunday, once again, available by 5 a.m. at the Chicago Reader website and wherever else you download podcasts. And finally, Monday, one of my personal favorite guests, one that I wish we could book more often. No one brings the energy quite like the owner of the hideout, Tim Tutton. Tim and his wife, Katie, sat down to chat with Ben. The topic at hand was the 2019 Chicago mayoral documentary, City So Real. But, of course, they talked more than that. Ben, tell us about it. Well, we started off, if you've seen City So Real, um, and I'm urging everybody to watch it, and we're doing a whole series on it. 
So uh, not only am I extolling the virtues of this documentary, City So Real, uh, directed by Steve James, but I'm bringing on people who are in the documentary or concluding our series next week, by the way, Maze Jackson will be with us. Uh, talk show host Maze Jackson uh, will be with us next week. But um, so the, the Tuttons are in the movie a lot, uh, Timmy Tutton and May uh, mainly, uh, and they were opponents uh, of the Lincoln Yards TIF deal, which is one of the biggest scams of the 21st century in the city of Chicago, I would say. Uh, Mayor Rahm's final uh, middle finger up in the air to everybody who lives in Chicago, raising our taxes uh, to give it to a developer who is already enormously wealthy uh, to underwrite a project, an upscale project, an already gentrifying neighborhood. You might as well just take the money and just dig a hole and throw it in the hole. It's not going to help the schools. It's not going to help poor people in poor neighborhoods that need economic development. It's not going to help the parks. It's not going to give relief to taxpayers. It's not going to help us pay our pension obligations. It's not going to, you want to hire more cops? It's not going to help you hire more cops. And yet all these aldermen, get me going, D, all these aldermen voted for it. All these aldermen who right now say, oh, I'm against tax hikes, they voted for it. All these aldermen who say, I want to hire more cops, they voted for it. Tommy Tunney, Mr. Cinnamon Roll, he voted for it. Anthony Napolitano, Mr. Hire More Cops, he voted for it. Matt O'Shea, Mr. We Want More Cops, too, he voted for it. All these aldermen. So, yes, I still get fired up when I talk about uh, that Lincoln Air Tip deal, and so does young Tim Tutton. And so, he, I, yeah, I had to sit back, because once Timmy T gets going, he's a force. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like Jim Brown in the old days. Uh-oh. All millennials are scratching their head. Oh, Jim Brown, one of the greatest running backs of all time, ladies and gentlemen. He would hit that line with a force. And, like, guys would be hanging on to him, and he would be just plowing on. One more yard, two more yards. Brown's still on his feet. He's at the 10. He's at the 5. That kind of thing. That Jim Brown. That's what Tim Tutton is when he starts talking. But the interesting thing is Katie Tutton, uh, his wife, she was like, let me get a word in edgewise. She would be cutting Tim off. It was kind of fun to, you know, to watch Timmy have to back off every now and then. Yeah, you were playing so, uh, like referee. All right, enough, Tim. Now, Katie, you go. <laughs> A lot of times she just did it herself. Then after the show was over, Katie said, could you give me a mute button for Tim? No, she didn't say that. I'm just kidding. Anyway, the Tuttons. I, D, I think it's going to be a package deal from now on. If Tim's on, Katie's on. All right. Uh, love them both. Love the Tuttons dearly. And Hideout's one of my uh, uh, favorite venues in the city of Chicago. First Tuesday lives. Yay, First Tuesday. Arr, 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 arr. Virtual First Tuesday. Um, so anyway, that is the interview with the Tuttons that drops on Monday. All right. One hell of a lineup we got here for your Bidding J bonus interviews. Catch them available at 5 a.m. Saturday, Sunday, and Monday morning at both the Chicago reader website and wherever else you download your favorite podcast all right local news let's do it chicago mayor lori lightfoot this is the right thing to do even though it's a hard thing to do of course i'll give your love to to amy and viv and hank all right love you mom we'll talk on thanksgiving bye-bye oh yeah (laughs) i'm sorry the sigh at the end Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. No public events scheduled for Mayor Lightfoot. <laughs> Guys, I think she stopped posting her public events. I say that a lot on the show. Uh, but if this is, in fact, true, it's a good thing the mayor has her schedule cleared because right now, possibly sitting on her desk and possibly sitting right next to her box of free, I'm sorry, and Sather cinnamon rolls. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, dude. But next to that, possibly, is a list of demands from the Chicago Teachers Union. If teachers are to return to classrooms in the midst of a public health crisis. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Nadir Issa. The Chicago Teachers Union has released for the first time a list of demands it once met before members return to schools, including lower COVID-19 test positivity rates 
testing and vaccination protocols and changes to both hybrid and remote learning. Some of the demands are likely to face strong and immediate rejection by city officials who have been adamant that it's up to them to decide how and when the nation's third largest school district will return to classrooms for the first time since March. The union's demands approved by the 800-member House of Delegates Wednesday evening all fall under one of three categories, safety, equity, and trust. All right, so now to the demands. Take it away, CTU President Jesse Sharkey. I, um... Right now, um, couldn't hear you, but hey, I have it right here, so don't worry, I'll read it off. <laughs> Among the equity demands that could be the least agreeable for CPS are the CTU's rejection of simultaneous teaching, in which teachers instruct students in classrooms and remotely at the same time, and a proposed reduction of remote learning screen time by one hour each day. CPS's current plan only works with simultaneous teaching and would otherwise need a redesign. And school's chief, Janice Jackson, said this week that a reduction in online instruction would be a non-starter despite complaints by families all fall. Um, I don't even know where to start with this one, D. <clears throat> by the way, it's sort of, uh, this is a topic that I wrote about in my uh, latest reader column. I don't even know where to start. It's just such a power play. And let's just begin with uh, the bit that uh, Dennis played right before uh, we started the news. And that was from Lori Lightfoot, uh, the Thanksgiving message that Lori Lightfoot and several mayors from around Chicago put out. But I don't know, a couple days before Thanksgiving, D, we, we had a lot of fun with it because it was clearly a staged uh, theatrical production uh, featuring mayors who are not very good actors pretending that they're having phone conversations with their loved ones who they can't be with on Thanksgiving. This is the right thing to do, even though it's a hard thing to do. Of course, I'll give your love to to Amy and Viv. Yes, thank you. And then there's the sigh at the end when she hangs up the phone. And she's probably not even talking to anybody. But I would say that Lori Lightfoot is actually better uh, D than some of the others. <laughs> the Highland Park mayor. Hey, come on now. <laughs> the frozen cake. I'll st- we can't be together. So I know it's your birthday, but or, I don't know maybe it's her birthday. I forget whose birthday. Somebody is having a birthday. I'm so really going to s- celebrating my birthday with you, but I'll <laughs> save you a piece of cake. I'll freeze it. <laughs> no, don't freeze it. Just go out and buy another piece of cake. I told you, get the Sara Lee cake. The pound cake is delicious. You put a little ice cream on it. It's perfect. I don't know. I, you know, uh, after that, I decided, you know what? Let me try and freeze some cake. I had, I'm team frozen cake, all right? So you, I'm off that boat. Oh, my God. So, you know, this, this falls under the category of what Dennis, I got to give him credit, the doctor, the young man from Alton came up with this one, ladies and gentlemen, and it's brilliant. Mixed messages on the pandemic which have been happening since day one. And, you know, everybody, my beloved Democrats, as well as the Republicans, mixed messages. So in this particular case, the mayors decided that the greatest threat uh, to humanity were people, (laughs) grandma, gathering at Thanksgiving with your relatives. And so they had this crusade. Don't get together. Just stay at home. Sit in the closet and eat Stouffer's turkey dinners. Don't you dare meet grandma. But instead of being threatening, they said, huh, I know we'll make it heartfelt with this message. So they staged these uh, telephone calls. (laughs) Remember the one mayor who's like looking up at the camera the whole time? I forget which city, suburb, he or she. Anyway, so obviously staged. But meanwhile, while they're telling you, not to get together with your loved ones uh, at Thanksgiving, because that'll just spread the virus. Hey, let's open up the schools in the middle of a pandemic. And then they trot out all these epidemiologists. Well, it's really safe. Schools are not a super spreader event. Uh, don't worry. With proper protocol and social distancing, everybody will be fine. I'm, di- I'm like, um, I don't know if any of these epidemiologists who are saying these things or any of these brilliant uh 
pundits who are saying these things, writing these things, have any experience whatsoever with the Chicago public schools. I've been following the Chicago public schools for a long, long time. And people, let me tell you something. It's not like a smooth operating system they got going. It's not like Tommy Tunney and Rob Emanuel driving that brown line. Choo-choo. No, it stumbles and starts. And they say they're going to do things and they don't do them. They don't fall. Through. And you know why? Because they're dead broke. They got no money. They never have any money. You know why they don't have any money? In part, because they willingly allow the mayor to divert the money they should be getting to bogus TIF deals like Lincoln Yards. That's part of the reason they don't never have any. I can never remember a Chicago public schools having adequate amount of money. I've been here since 1981, ladies and gentlemen. Never have money to pay their teachers. One time they had to close because they, they, they couldn't make their payroll. That is true. Go back, look it up, 1980. And Tribune got mad at the teachers. Tribune got mad at the teachers for walking out. Well, they should have stayed on the job. You know, like, there's a portion of the public that has this attitude toward teachers. Like, teachers are supposed to be missionaries. The, The job of training students is so important that worldly things like money need not matter. You should be willing to work for nothing. Nothing, I say. You should be just happy that you're helping future generations prepare for the world. And you should sacrifice everything. That's the attitude of so many people in Chicago. Definitely the the ruling elite. They hate teachers unions because they make demands. So here we have this situation. We're in the middle of a pandemic. The mayor's doing public service commercials with the other mayors in the area saying, don't get together with your loved ones for Thanksgiving. And if necessary, feed them frozen cake afterwards. Because <laughs> they can't be there to share their <laughs> birthday with you because they're all poisonous. They're dripping COVID. Oh, that stuff coming out of your ear is COVID. But on the other hand, go to school right now. I don't know, it's called a mixed message, ladies and gentlemen. Can't get this vaccine out fast enough. So now we have this wrangling going on. You know, Chicago Teachers Union says, well, we want a say in the protocols and procedures that the schools must follow. And Lori Lightfoot and Janice Jackson are saying, no, you don't. We're going to tell you how it's run. That's what it is, folks. It's a power struggle. And I got to say, if I'm a political advisor to Lori Lightfoot, I'm saying, you know what? As much as the lefty in me hates this, it's probably a productive political struggle to have. Because every mayor, going back to Daly, Daly at the end of his term, and definitely Rahm, and now Lori Lightfoot, has realized that Big chunks of the population in Chicago hates the teachers union. Definitely the corporate community that funds their campaigns hates the teachers union. Definitely the Chicago Tribune editorial board hates the teachers union. I can't think of one writer in the city of Chicago that has a nice thing to say about the Chicago teachers union except for me. And if this hippie in this attic overlooking that porta potty is your only friend, you're in a heap of trouble. Well, Dennis says nice things about the Chicago Teachers Union because he loves Stacey Davis Gates. So he's nodding his head. Yeah, I do love Stacey Davis Gates. SDG. SDG. Woo! So, yeah, you're going to be, you want to look tough? You want to win over the Tribune and the bright one, my beloved bright one? With their editorials, oh, I hate the teachers' union too. Yeah, just bash the teachers' union. Get in the war with the teachers. Northside, oh, my God, I remember back in the days of Karen Lewis, Northsiders tell me, Ben, I don't know. Karen Lewis is just such an inappropriate leader for teachers. You think they could get a better leader? Like, what are you even saying? You know, they just didn't like Karen Lewis. You couldn't like Karen Lewis. She's one of the most likable people I've ever met. She's really smart and fun to talk to and just warm and caring. You know, how could you not like Karen Lewis? 
stop it. Northsiders are trained. It's like they get it from the Tribune. You know, I don't know where they get it. They got this vision. Teachers are supposed to be missionaries. Teachers are not supposed to care about their health. Teachers are supposed to do whatever the mayor tells them. Mayor says, go back to that classroom. They go back to the classroom. Mayor says, you will provide you with all the protections you need. They're just supposed to believe her. Like in the last strike. Remember the last strike? Mayor said, we're going to hire nurses. Teacher said, put it in writing. No, I don't want to put it in writing. And the editorial board said, shut up, take the money, go back to the classroom and do what they told tell you. So, D, it's a power struggle. And uh, my heart's with the teachers. I'm always going to be with the teachers. My mother was a teacher, so I guess I'm biased. But I definitely, based on the years I've been in the city of Chicago, do not trust the Chicago public schools to do what's right for its teachers. I haven't seen them do what's right for their teachers ever. Every now and then they like to kick the teachers in the teeth just to let them know who's the boss. So that's what we got going here, D. It's a power struggle. And I don't know how it's going to play out. They may, um, the board uh, <clears throat> may be forced to um, negotiate with the teachers because the, the teachers union has gone to court to uh, get an injunction against uh, opening the, uh, the schools in January. So we'll see how this one plays out, but uh, it's a power struggle. That's what it is. Uh, and it's not really about getting kids back in the classroom. It's about asserting who is the boss. And it uh, looks like Michael Girardi already beat you to the punch here on the live stream chat. Uh, Michael Girardi says, let them eat frozen cake. <laughs> Michael, that should be a song. Let them eat frozen cake. Either that or uh, an upcoming uh, headline for your next uh, Chicago Reader column. Yes, I'm writing it down. But Kathy brings it up as well. Boy, you got a lot of material for your columns here. Kathy brings it up. Wait, you still didn't even talk about Tunney on one of your columns yet. (laughs) No, I know. You're right. Cinnamon Roll Speakeasy. Cinnamon Roll Speakeasy has to be a column. Yes, I'm writing that down. Let them eat frozen cake and cinnamon roll speakeasy. What a, what a, what a city, ladies and gentlemen. Right, and what a city we got. Michael Girardi will be looking for his credit uh, when you write that column. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I try to do the best I can giving out credits. The CTU is, that I forget. The CTU is also demanding clear public health criteria for opening and closing schools and is proposing a 3% test positivity threshold. Other safety proposals by the CTU include enforceable protocols on masks, cleaning, health screening, PPE, social distancing, and ventilation. On testing, the union wants to target a quarter of district staff on a weekly basis, rotating each week and focusing on communities that have the highest positivity rates. And in its trust category, the union is calling for a CPS-CTU joint committee on COVID-19 that would include independent experts who would conduct inspections, investigations, and issue directives, and is asking for parents, community members, principals, and building engineers to be brought to the bargaining table. The CTU is also looking for safety committees to be established at each school. Yes, by the way, what a great idea. Oh, wow. What, the union working in conjunction with the central office. But I don't see that happening from the central office because, again, it's a power struggle, age job. It's not about safe schools. It's about making sure that nobody leaves their lane. Remember that day we had a co- colleague? Uh, I can't remember who it was. I just remember you telling me, he told you, oh, stay in your lane. <laughs> stay in your lane. Oh, That's yeah. Like. Yeah, one of the sales guys at CPT. <laughs> hey, man, I got this I got this idea for a great sales pitch. You know, stay in your lane. <laughs> Stay in your lane. I had never heard that. I was late in life when I heard that. And I, I'd always, oh my God, poor Dennis. Hey, hey, D, do that imitation of the stay in your lane. Like constantly, the poor guy. Dennis is like, oh, Christ, I got to do it this again. We went on the bus. The Lord said, D, do the imitation of the stay, stay in your lane guy. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> stay in your lane. Come on. Could you imagine someone sitting behind us in that bus listening to our conversation? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Me asking, oh, do that imitation. Do that imitation. <laughs> anyway, stay in your lane. 
Yes, it's, that's that's what it is. Stay in your lane. We'll let you know. My favorite part of this thing, D, I saw this. They drag out some spokesperson. They always got new spokesperson. I mean, CPS spokesman. Uh, I don't know. I've never heard of this dude before. It doesn't matter who he is. Said in a statement that district representatives will continue meeting with the union, quote, but proposals that contradict public health guidelines and reduce instructed uh, time and instructional time will not be accepted. Proposals that contradict public health guidelines? Like, what possible proposal? That's so absurd. Like, CTU is asking you to do more than you want to do to protect them. Like, what do you think CTU is going to come out with a proposal that would contradict? Um, we don't want to have to wear masks, okay? I mean, it's, like, so absurd. This propaganda that they put out. And I've been watching CPS put this stuff out. It's like, they got these people sitting there like, how can we write this to make the union look bad? Okay, well, if your proposal, we'll read your proposal, but if it violates health safety standards, we won't enact it. Why would the teachers union have a proposal that violates safety standards? It's their teacher's safety they're trying to protect. Propaganda, folks. You've been fed propaganda. Moving on to the statewide news. Today at 2.30, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker will be delivering his final COVID-19 press briefing of the week at the Thompson Center. Face coverings. If there are any breaking details, <laughs> I will try to bring those up after our interview with Ramana Hussein. But hey, about Thursday's Pritzker pandemic presser, the governor said that we have seen some improvements in COVID numbers, but we're not out of the clear yet. Not by a long shot, according to JB, because Pritzker believes that there is still a post-Thanksgiving surge possible. It's one of the most confounding things about this virus, honestly, is the time lag between the time that someone is detected to have COVID, maybe even asymptomatically at first, and the time that someone ends up in the hospital and then possibly someone ends up in an ICU you or on an, a ventilator at some point and then unfortunately may pass. Dr. Azike, when will this damn thing end? Only when people adjust their personal behaviors with the mask and the distancing and the avoidance of gatherings combined with the vaccination will we get to end this pandemic and get to our normal way of living. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Meanwhile, shut up and go to school, teachers. See what I'm saying, me? Yeah. That's what I call a mixed message. Yeah. You know, that is classic. And we didn't even plan that in pre-show planning. We did not plan that in pre-show. That just happened. God, could you imagine? Unbelievable timing. We did not plan. But that is a classic mixed message. We just had the story. CPS, shut up. Go back to the classroom. Do what we tell you. And don't ask questions or we'll take your car. Okay. And then, boom, J.B. Pritzker, like the grown-up in the room. You know, there's this pandemic raging out there. I, I kind of, I, listen, I've been feeling sorry for J.B. Pritzker from the get-go. You know, I mean, he's, I say it many times, he's dealing with a state that's, a good chunk of this state is MAGA country, and they don't believe the pandemic's real. Then he's got Chicago. Mayor Lori Lightfoot wants to show that she's in charge of Chicago. So every now and then she's got to knock them, keep them in place. All right, I'll do that, but I'll do it because I want to do it. And I'll do it on my timeline. And then you got all these, like, um, I don't know what you call them anymore, D. In the old days, we called them yuppies. I guess they're not yuppies anymore. Uh, they don't call them the bros. You know, like the, the people that go to bars on the north side, youngsters. Like I, don't know, I think we all just lump it into one and just call them all douchebags. I don't know. <laughs> They're like going to bars. I got <clears throat> my source called me yesterday, <laughs> and my source, whose name I'll conceal by just saying he's known as Benji the Bookie, oh. called me yesterday. Love Benji the Bookie. We got to bring him back uh, for some more Bulls talk probably in January. Anyway, he goes, Ben, have you been going by these North Side bars? There's people in these North Side. I thought they were supposed to be closed. Well, okay, the reality is. I never go anywhere because <laughs> I'm like following the protocols because I am definitely in the high risk pool. So I don't go to the bars, Benji, but he, t he swears up and down. I'm telling you, there's people in these bars. I thought, I thought the bars were closed. I, I thought Mayor Lori Lightfoot closed the bars because she's looking the other way in the bars. 
who knows? But mixed messages. The youngsters, that's what I'll call them, D. The bros, whatever they are, you're about 27, 28. You know, you feel you're just invulnerable. It's like that dude down uh, in Florida. We like, Remember him from back in the day? Uh, Rona, man. You know, really, Rona is just old people. <laughs> So that's, you know, so you got JB going, trying to explain how important it is to take these precautions. And then, you know, some 25 year old, 28 year old is at the bar. Uh, Rona is just something that affects my grandmother. I don't have to worry about Rona. So I don't know, D, it's mixed messages uh, every day more. But that one was classic. JB Pritzker speaking from his heart, you know, Dark Terziki speaking from her heart, trying to get people to realize this is a crisis <laughs> and then cps kid in that classroom right now and ben you know you learn something new every day shout out to kyle on the live stream chat he says ben we call present day yuppies repugnant assholes so. <laughs> <laughs> okay we can let's work on boiling that down to like an acronym or something yeah. like uh, ra's um Okay, that's what yuppies. Please uh, keep listening to the program. All right, we don't we don't want to lose our yuppie audience. All right, please keep I listening. Feel- go Cubs! I don't know. I go. I D. I just got a feeling that's not a demographic that we're strong with. Just saying, uh, you guys are kind of radical, kind of lefty. Well, we gotta uh, try to keep the ones we have. Today's show brought to you by American Eagle. I'm trying. All right. Okay. Uh, that's all the Pritzker news I really have at the moment. So let's move on and talk about legalized recreational reefer in Illinois. But more specifically, Illinois' crummy recreational cannabis license lottery. The lottery's intention, give racial and ethnic groups most harmed by the federal government's long war on drugs a shot in the pot industry with a license to run a recreational cannabis business. The first round of the lottery is, came and went, and so far, thanks to the ability to pay for and enter as many lottery applications as you can afford, all of the winners have been rich white people. Oh my God. Yes, unlike the state of Florida, the Sunshine State, welcome to Illinois, the shadiest state in the whole damn universe. That's correct. <laughs> Wait, is that DB? No, no, that was uh, one of those mayors. That's correct. Oh, yeah, that was the guy who was looking at the camera the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the mayor. Uh, one of the, oh, God, what a... What a great ensemble. It wasn't, it was an ensemble. It was a theatrical ensemble of brilliant acting. And I watch it from time to time, like De Niro, Streep, Denzel, Paul Newman, Brad Pitt, and then the mayors. You know? I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't the award-winning performance uh, we heard from our mayor. But. This is the right thing to do, even though it's a hard thing to do. Of course, I'll give your love to, to Amy and Viv and Hank. All right. Love you, Mom. Wait for we'll the talk si- on Thanksgiving. Wait for the sign. Bye-bye. Oh, my God. That sigh? That sigh? Huh? Is that sigh good or what? That's a big-time sigh. All right, let me try it. I want to thank Dr. D. And I want to thank Romana. I want to thank Sergio Mims. And Monroe. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do it. We got We got to do it over. This is where pre-show prep really would have came in handy. All right, All right hold on a second. All right. Uh, okay, now go for it. Want to thank Dr. D. Want to thank Sergio. Want to thank Romana. Want to thank my dear friend Monroe, and of course Mark Sims and Jimmy Coogan for being great friends of the Ben Jarowski Show. How do you think I did, D? Huh? Was my size good as Lori Lightfoot's? You were awful. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> I'm. Wor- I gotta work on it. Okay. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Don't quit your day job. The following comes from the Chicago Sun Times and Tommy Two Joints. Tom Shuba. The headline reads, Epic failure of Illinois' legal weed backers in Springfield to keep promises on diversity. State Rep. LaShawn Ford 
Democratic, out of Chicago, says Illinois' efforts to boost social equity in its weed industry so far have amounted to an epic failure. He traces that to the state's decision to give a head start to those already in the industry in Illinois, the owners of licensed medical cannabis businesses who were allowed ahead to immediately grow and sell recreational marijuana. Here's the quote from LaShawn Ford, quote, There is nothing for us to be proud of as it relates to the rollout of cannabis. Attorney Akile Parnell, probably butchered that first name, of the Chicago Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights says the social equity applicants whose efforts he has worked for will, quote, never have a fair share in the industry. Here's more from Parnell. Quote, it's how capitalism works. We've just seen the benefits uh, for, to the same old folks, people that are wealthy to begin with, well-connected. That's not what we intended to accomplish with the legalization, but it does seem like that that's where we're going to end up based on how we set up the program. Uh, Kelly Parnell was a guest on the Ben Jarofsky show. Many of the people quoted in that story are guests on the Ben Jarofsky show. This is one of our big themes. We'll be pounding this drum, D. I know into 2021. And I want to give a shout out to young Tom Shuba. Uh, Tommy Shuba has done an outstanding job keeping this issue alive in the Sun-Times. Uh, and Kelly Parnell was on the show just yesterday. Vincent Norman was on the show. Vincent E. Norman. We were talking about this with him. Eddie Armstrong, Michael Malcolm. Uh, many guests that have talked about this. It is pretty outrageous. Uh, at somehow or other, all those years, while the war on drugs was raging in black communities, white people didn't say one word about it. Not one word about it. And they would pretend as though they weren't smoking reefer when, of course, they were smoking reefer. And they allowed this schizophrenic attitude that to uh, persist in which something that Millions and millions of people did all the time was treated as this alien, foreign thing that we don't really know about. It was in parts of movies that we watched uh, and songs that we listened to, comedy bits. Everybody was talking about smoking reefer, but uh, we acted like we were doing it. Black people got kicked in the teeth. And then finally, it's legalizing. Guess what? Rich white people who didn't lift a finger, didn't lift a finger to fight the war on drugs, didn't lift a finger to help black people when they're getting thrown into jail, are making out like bandits. So I share the frustration of Vincent E. Norman and Eddie Armstrong and Michael Malcolm uh, and Akili Parnell and all the others. Lisa Solomon, I'm going to shout out to Lisa Solomon at The Reader, who uh, uh, co-hosts many of these interviews with me. So let's get it right, Illinois. Can we get this one right? I don't know. Can we just... The, the Tommy Shuba story is amazing. Uh, the, the one that uh, you just cited, I urge everybody to check out. I think it hasn't broken in the actual newspaper yet, so this confounds an old boomer like myself. But Dennis sent it to me. I read the online version. And then on Sunday, I'll, I'll take a picture of it and send it to Tommy Shuba and go, great job. Kind of a tradition I do, D, by the way, Aww. when I read the newspaper. I know if I really like a story, I take a picture of it. Because you know what? Even millennial reporters, they it's more real when they see it in the newspaper. Anyway, it's a great story. And it just it points out how um, like this uh, corporation from it's based in San Diego is like buying up all uh, the cultivation f- Farms and then leasing them back to the people. <laughs> what a scam! Meanwhile, it's like, hey, can you help a black guy out on the west side or the south side? Nope, that's not how we do things in the state of Illinois. So, anyway, yeah, uh, one of the great, uh, I guess it's hard to really be, uh, you know, to pay attention to it because D, when it, by the way, can I do a um, little foreshadow shout out? We will be doing our, what would it be, our second annual top five stories of the year, right, Dave? Should I? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Well, we're thinking about doing a top bag. ten. Oh, wait, can we hear that cat out of the bag noise? <laughs> oh, it's out, guys. Uh, <laughs> we're going to do a top ten local stories of the year. Yes. We it's, it's like a tradition. Uh, I think on the live show we'll do ten through five, and then we'll make a special out of the top five that you can download. How about that? Whoa. 
That's pre-show planning in the middle of the show. So it's not really <laughs> pre-show planning. It's, it's more like mid-show planning. <laughs> mid-show planning. Very dangerous stuff to do. All right. Uh, well, well, we're going to pause it right there. Uh, who's on that brown line right now, Ben? Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> it's J.B. Pritzker. What are you doing, J.B.? You're kidding hey. me. And Juliana Stratton. Hi, everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's Tommy Tunney. He's riding that. He's Tommy Tunney with the cinnamon rolls. Everywhere he goes, like every station he goes, he opens up the window and throws out yeah, some cinnamon yeah, rolls. You know, eat your heart out, uh, Christmas train. I'd rather have that one coming by, the one that just throws out free cinnamon rolls. By the way, uh, has Tommy been punished for operating the illegal cinnamon roll speakeasy? I don't think so. Still chairman of the zoning committee. Yeah. yeah. Still yeah, waiting. Wish to wait, but they're going to be tough with those teachers. Oh, we're going to be tough on those teachers. Meanwhile, Tommy's like, hey, not three times on the ceiling. If you want to be <laughs> twice on the pipes, <laughs> means the answer is no. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there are people who are willing to crawl up to a ceiling uh, to eat those cinnamon rolls. <laughs> uh, here goes the train again. Yeah, there's Tommy and Rom. There they are. Rom. <laughs> Rob and Tommy. That's a heck of an alderman we got running the zoning committee. Yeah. <laughs> Violate all, right. all the laws. Well, we're going to pause it right there for now. But coming up after this week's Romana Rundown, more local news. We have an update on Madigan Gate, the time when utility bigwigs ComEd admitted to arranging jobs, contracts, and payoffs to the associates of one Illinois House Speaker, Michael Joseph Madigan. <laughs> There is still a giant bus waiting outside. A, a bus waiting to figuratively roll over Illinois Speaker Mike Madigan. We got a lot of Democratic elected leaders on this bus. But, Ben, uh, actually, uh, if you look outside there uh, in the parking lot, if you look out oh, yeah. there, yeah, there's uh, six uh, state reps, Democratic state reps, trying to Get some of these state reps off the bus. More on that in moments, all right? We're going to be talking about that later on. But like I said, we're going to pause it there. And we're going to take a quick break here. Remember, you can find the Ben Jarofsky Show on social media, at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can always send us an email, Show at gmail.com. Leave your name and where you're from if you'd like us to read your message on the show. And you can call the Ben Jarofsky Show. It's true. We have a phone number, 708-658-4788. That number again, 708-658-4788. Uh, if you're calling and not leaving a message, wasting your time. We're not answering it. So leave a voicemail. And, well, if it's not insane, there's a good chance we're going to play that voicemail on the Ben Jarofsky Show. People, don't go anywhere. Like I said, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Sun-Times editor Ramana Hussain. Ben, now this is typically where we play a Michael Girardi song, but I got a, I got a confession to make, Ben. Confession time here on the Ben Jarofsky oh, Show. What's that? I really like that Christmas song from Ricky Hendon. You know what? I, I'm sure Michael Girardi is happy to share uh, the spotlight with the great Ricky Hendon. And so play Ricky. Um, I, I like it, too. And, and then he, he, at the end, he starts riffing around, singing a song. Ricky Hendon got mad at me. Remember when I, I didn't give enough uh, credit for being a good singer? Remember that day in the interview? He goes, yeah. you didn't give me credit for being a good singer. Well, because you're not a good singer. Well, I think it's a great song, you know, a polarizing figure that Ricky Hinden, but dang it, I like this song. And after this, it's Ramana Hussain. Baby, light the tree, I will be all that you need I'll wrap you underneath the mistletoe We can sip some wine, kiss you from head to toe Baby, don't you ever, ever let me go I want you to know 
Around me. 